Have rising interest rates got you down? Help is on the way in the form of financing solutions. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Russell Westcott here. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day and hope you're having yourself, uh, you know, whatever day you're listening to this, if it's on a, a sunny weekend or if it's maybe in the middle of the winter, if you're, whenever you join the podcast, I always just want to make sure that you have a wonderful day because truly at the end of the day, it is a choice. I guess the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, you know what? All part of the day. It's a choice if you're going to have a really good day or not. Okay, gang, I'm going to keep this one tight um, in the opening. I had a the great opportunity and um, to share some financing insights with Dahlia Barsoom. Dahlia has been a guest on the podcast before. She was on episode 76, if you wanted to jump back into hearing a little bit about her backstory. I think in the episode, we talk a little bit about that as well, of just, you know, we cut right to the chase. We cut right to what's going on. We cut right to the chase about some providing some really cool solutions to what's going on in the marketplace out there right now. And, uh, but if you do want to go back and hear some of Dahlia's backstory and hear some of the other wonderful insights she shared, um, episode 76 is the one you want to check out. Plus, um, as well, Dahlia has been a wonderful contrib- contributor to the podcast uh, on almost on a weekly basis with the tips that she's been offering, some financing tips. But today we went into a, a lot of detail. We went into a lot of detail about... Um, no, first and foremost, I'm just going to say, I just love Dahlia's energy. Like, honest to goodness, I just said, so Dahlia, welcome to the show. And she just went, ah, it was so funny. And she just went in and she just started making me smile and laugh. But you know what? She did such an amazing job. But really is, she did it perfectly, was that people are, you know, feeling like there's a hurricane going on and there's a big giant storm. And she just calmed it down right? Everybody now, let's all take a deep breath. Let's all get back into our meditation practices, <laughs> all these kind of things. But she just did a wonderful job. And she's such a pro of taking something that people might be feeling a little bit uh, on edge, feeling a little bit emotional around and just calmed it down. Like it's okay, let's roll up our sleeves and let's just get to work here. Okay. So a couple of things we dove headfirst into and we, we, um, went in depth into it. We talked obviously about the rates. Um, we talked a lot about variable rates, fixed rates, um, forecast. Dahlia gives her forecast for what she feels the interest rate um, will happen over the next uh, coming year. As well, we talked about um, optimizing cash flow. We spent most of the, this episode talking about how to utilize your financing tools available to optimize the cash flow that you have. Then we also talked about some other risks that are in the marketplace, valuation risk being one of the big ones we talked a lot about. And then I also shared with you um, something, a little little bit of something that I shared with my inner circle community. I, I literally, for two days, I dove into a framework that I gave to my inner circle clients about the ICE framework, income, cost, and extend. And I jokingly call it the up, down, sideways plan. And uh, I shared a little bit about that in this episode, but I went into great detail. Like I think we identified like 57 or 62 or some strategies that we can use to optimize our cash flow. And I did that um, with my inner circle community via webinar, you know, private invitations, those kind of things. 
And uh, if any of you are ever interested in becoming part of that inner circle, by all means, hit me up, send me an email, something, whatever, you know, social media, however you see in the show notes of this podcast, there's probably about four or five different ways to get a hold of me. So anyways, we talked a lot about... Um, how can we optimize our cash flow during interest rate times? And the main focus that we really took was providing solutions. Uh, I see a lot of people and lots of things out there. I see lots of commentary. I see lots of, uh, you know, maybe even dooms and glooms about what's going on with interest rates. I see an awful lot of uh, people, you know, oh, you know, the sky is falling, all those kind of things. I see very few people offering solutions. So that's really 100%. When you listen to this podcast, it was, this episode is 100% focused around providing the solutions to what you need in order to navigate the waters ahead. Okay, gang. Oh, one other thing, two, two things I wanted to um, share with you before jump in. I know some people always want to find out, you know, Russ, what are you reading right now? What's going on? What's the book of the month? Um, so one of the ones I actually just jumped back into, I read this book, geez, a couple years ago now, and I'm just coming back and I'm reading, rereading it again because I'm uh, in negotiations with the author to have the author on the, um, on the, on the podcast, and that's uh, Blue Fishing with um, Steve Sims. And the art of getting things done, right? So, wonderful book. Uh, interesting title. Very interesting title. And Steve, if you ever get a chance, if you've ever seen Steve Sims, he is a very interesting character. And right now, we're just in negotiations about potentially having him on the podcast. So, stay tuned to that. Oh, and the other thing I just just watched um, last night that was fun- phenomenal. If any of you get a chance to watch it, if you have a net- Netflix subscription, the Sh- Shania Twain documentary. What a, what a wonderful, you know, I, I knew a lot about Shania from the story about from, you know, the, the person from Tim, Timmins and singing at the Deerhurst Resort and where she came from and all that kind of stuff being, you know, being a Canadian, good Canadian kid. Knew a lot about the music in the in the 90s and, and all that kind of good stuff. But I didn't know a lot of the backstory. And it's actually an incredible, inspiring story. There's an incredible story in there about, you know, breaking trail you know, breaking barriers, uh, resilience, having setbacks, having to overcome some amazing obstacles and just being relentless in the pursuit of the excellence in there. So wonderful story. If you're interested in some good family entertaining uh, um, inspiration, highly encourage you to watch the Shania Twain documentary. Okay, gang, with all that being said, let's just get right after this episode. Hey, Dahlia, how you doing? Welcome to the show today. How are things out in Ontario? Okay, Russell, <laughs> imagine a hurricane going around in the media and it's the rates and the qualification and the values. And I am here, <laughs> staying at the eye of the hurricane, being calm and telling everyone to stay calm. That's yeah. what's going on right now. But, but Dahlia, the world is ending, is it not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the headlines are saying. The world is ending. It's the doom and gloom. Everybody's going to lose their houses. And it is terrible. Yep. And that's what the media does. Yep. Takes things and magnifies things to make an interesting story. But well, 
I'm going to do that on the title of this episode is I'm going to put in the world is ending, run for the hills. That'll be the title of this podcast. So everybody will click on it to at least watch, right? That's right. That's right. That's exactly the point. Uh, Dolly, well, uh, I, I am good. I'm very good. Oh, good. Very good. So it was, uh, for those of you, uh, if you're following along on the podcast, Dolly uh, was on episode 76. I had That was like 50 episodes ago, Dolly. It's been far too long. Wow. However, you, you've been a regular contributor with Dolly's financing tips that are each that are out there. It breaks up the, the pattern of me just yammering away and Dolly comes in there and does some wonderful financing tips and you've had to pivot a few of the tips to keep it relevant with what's going on. And what I wanted to do here today was I wanted to kind of break that out into a little bit more of a a deeper dive to help real estate investors navigate these turbulent waters. And you got two good captains at the ship here, um, steering the ship for you here today. I love the captain um, philosophy. I go sailing and there is a code that says, I can't remember the quote exactly, but the idea is when the wind changes around you and the waters get rough, you have control over the direction of the sails. And that's going to keep you focused on your destination. And that's what we can do in this environment right now. Absolutely. Can't, couldn't have said that better myself. Um, but before we do, I'm going to pull a cardinal sin here a little bit as I'm going to date this one. And I'll bring this episode out pretty quick uh, after recording. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon, late afternoon for you, before yes. a long weekend too. So, so yeah. Dolly, I, we should be having like a glass of wine or something or something with us here. My water. Flow water. Well, I've got... <laughs> I've got. But here is the vodka. The vodka is in this bottle. Okay. <laughs> That's gonna that that vodka is gonna be the the, the thumbnail for this image for this for this video. By the way, yeah. <laughs> this this is a good size vodka. Nice, nice. Well, mm-hmm. I've got I've got cranberry juice and organic lemon and and squeeze some lemons in there. So so I I may have to dip into the vodka myself here shortly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's get after it here. Um. Thank you very much for talking about, you know, keep being a calm port in the storm and a calm, you know, captain on the, on the seas or whatever analogy we want to use. We'll, we'll stick with the, we'll stick, stick with the sailing theme as much as we can for this one. So, uh, and guys, the reason I mentioned episode 76 is usually on a lot of episodes we say, and we talk about our backstories and things like that. Dahlia did an amazing job talking about her backstory. So if you need to get some context about who Dahlia is, go back, check out episode 76 and we go into a lot of detail. But we're just going to cut right to the chase here today. Uh, the interest rates went up recently, or or, or um, I should say the prime lending rate has gone up, Dahlia. What was the, the latest announcement from the Bank of Canada, and how is that impacting real estate investors right now? So that was a bomb, literally. Um, July, the July announcement was a bomb because everyone knew that the Bank of Canada is expected to raise the rates, but the expectations were at around 75 basis points and the bank raised it by 1%. And uh, they front-loaded, the terminology that they're using is that they front-loaded the the rate increase, meaning that they had the intention to continue to increase, but they decided to load up the increase in this this July um, announcement. So, Rates has been the going topic, Russell, and um, we know that the inflation is high and the bank is trying to use this tool to slow things down and 
they are coming at it aggressively, uh, which is understood. Um, and we're expecting more increases. So there is September coming up. And the expectations is that there is another one and a half percent baked into the system that's going to kick in between now and early 2023. So yeah. there is this is this obviously has impacted some investors in several ways. One, there are investors that have seen their adjustable mortgage payment go up and that, of course, impacted cash flow. Um, rates rising now has impacted mortgage qualification because as you know, back in 2018, the stress that's kicked in and the lenders are using either the rate that they're approving you for plus 2% or the Bank of Canada at 5.25 to approve an application. And now this bar has you know, gotten here and we're above the 5.25. So the qualification bar has got have come up, has come up, and qualification as a result has become tighter. Yep. So these are the two uh, key um, impacts, I would say, from the rising rate environment. And this is why we've come up with several tools and strategies to help investors continue to qualify and also address any impact on cash flow or on their budgets. Yep. Wow. Whew. You said a mouthful and we're only six minutes in here. And I, and I was asleep <laughs> at the switch here when you said dropped a bomb. I should have been dropping a bomb yeah, here, right? I was, wait, I was waiting for this. I was waiting for the explosion. <laughs> well, we, we, we were all still in shock from the ha what happened in July, right? And, um, you know, guys, here's the thing. Is it happened. The, the bomb was dropped. Um, nobody nobody really exploded. The, we all got on with our lives the next day. Everybody had like 10,000 social media posts bombarding your, your Facebook feed with all the kind of stuff. And, and life goes on, right? Um, has it has it impacted your the mortgage business quite a bit? Has has things just slowed down or are people shifting? How has that impacted the mortgage business for you? So it definitely uh, slowed things a little bit uh, because there are investors that I'm finding are sitting on the sideline, not wanting to do anything right now, and just listening to the fear out there. So there are investors who are in great positions right now to still line up equity in a way that makes sense, despite the fact that the rates are high, because the market ahead is going to present opportunities. And they've explicitly um, expressed interest in continued growth. And this is the market where you're picking up better deals and there are no crazy craziness around offers and above asking and all of that stuff that was happening six months ago. I'm finding that some investors have sat on, uh, are sitting on the sidelines. And of course, that have, that this has an impact on, on the mortgage business. But for those investors who are proactive, understand that, yeah, the rates have gone up. Real estate is a numbers game. I'm still going to pick up properties. And if the numbers work, then I'm going to go ahead. These investors are still the movers, movers and shakers in both the residential and commercial space, and they're still making things happen. Yep. Well, and here, here's, I had this conversation with somebody and they were telling me like, and I'll just use a fictitious example, but I'll be pretty close. Um, let's say a duplex in Hamilton that went up to like one, a million, a million, uh, a million dollars for a duplex. And somebody was sitting there going, oh, we just can't find any of them out there right now. Now, all of a sudden that same duplex is now 800,000. 
And the yes. same the same person is going, oh, I don't want to buy that, right? Because because the interest <laughs> rates have gone up and it's gone down in value. Like it's so funny. It's like six months ago they would have paid a million. Today they won't pay eight hundred thousand. But yes. some astute savvy investors are just absolutely just snapping up a few of these things. Now, I'm I'm by all means I'm not telling anybody here to be cavalier and just go willy nilly, run your numbers, run them tighter than ever before, and you have to factor in that interest rates are going to be probably running a little bit hot for the next little while, and you better get some good rents. Now, here's one thing that's happening very very uh, nicely. I guess it's nicely from landlords, not nicely from tenants, but our rents are going up like crazy right now. And in mm-hmm. in different markets, you know, I saw, what was the report I saw in Toronto? In Toronto and era, it was like 21% year-over-year growth on rentals out there. Yeah. So, so your rents are going up. I know the costs are going up, but some prices have come down. So, you know what? It's almost, it's very similar to what it was like six months, a year ago in buying properties. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so let's unpack uh, the little bit. So the interest rate, so just for clarification, um, you and I eat and sleep and breathe this stuff all day. It was the prime interest rate that went up. Fixed interest rate did not change. Can you just give people a really quick uh, definition difference between a prime rate, a fixed rate and a variable rate? Yeah, so a variable rate is... uh, tied to prime. Prime is controlled by the Bank of Canada. So when you hear uh, your typical big bank saying, I'm going to give you a variable rate at uh, prime minus 0.5 or prime minus 70, they're essentially uh, pricing the mortgage based on what the Bank of Canada uh, overnight rate is. So right now, prime is at 4.7. Every time Bank of Canada pumps up the overnight rate, prime goes up. And off prime, the banks price their variable rate mortgages. And they either, they offer a discount off prime. This is why you hear prime minus half, prime minus 25. So every time the Bank of Canada changes the overnight rate, prime changes. And there are there is a key point here that I want to mention, Russell, about um, variable rate mortgages because I think uh, the terminology is misused. Yep. There is a, there is there is something called an adjustable rate mortgage, and there is something called a uh, variable or a capped variable rate mortgage. Adjustable rate mortgage is a mortgage whereby the payment increases as prime increases. A variable or a capped variable is a product where the payment stays the same, although it's a variable rate, the payment stays the same, but as prime increases, the allocation of what goes towards principal versus interest changes. Meaning if prime goes up, more payment beneath the surface goes towards interest and less goes towards principal. So that's a key point because not everyone knows this. Then fixed rates, of course, your payment stays the same, but the fixed rates pricing is determined by the bond yield. It's a different um, base for pricing altogether. So when the Bank of Canada raises prime, it doesn't mean that the fixed rates are going to change. The fixed rates are based on the bond yield. Yep. Now, it just just recently took a big t- took a big drop just recently, did it not, within the last day or so? Yes. 
Yes. So, you know, I know it's always one day or one week is never a trend or things like that, but there's a lot of banter around, oh, geez, honest to goodness, guys, if you ever want to, if you ever want to get some anxiety, go jump on Twitter for a little while right now, <laughs> especially if you follow real estate pundits and real estate people, just jump on Twitter and you'll get some anxiety pretty quickly. There's, there's people out there that are just absolutely giddy and cheering for all this kind of stuff to, to go. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but guess back to my point. Um, the bond rates have, have come down, have they not, recently? Yes, they've come down. And there is an expectation that uh, the fixed rates will come down a little bit. Right now, the differential between variable and fixed is about 200 points. Meaning, if you were to, if you're in a variable rate today and you're looking to lock in at a five years fixed, it's going to cost an additional 2%, roughly. Yep. That is how big the gap is. That's, but that's, that's that quite huge. That's that's larger than normal. Huge. It's, yeah. huge. it's huge. And this is why, if this is why, in my view, this is not a good time to lock into a five years fixed. And we can talk uh, further about this. But the the insurance you have to pay is huge. Um, but back to your point, Russell, the bond yield has um, softened a little bit, and there is an expectation that the fixed rates as a result will follow eventually and come down slightly. Having said that, they're still going to be here compared to where the variable rate is. Yep. Yeah, and now I, I watched in depth the the when the Bank of Canada announced a governor and the housing minister were on and did their announcement. And I imagine you did too. Like that's how geeky we are. It's we I have in my calendar Bank of Canada rate announcements. <laughs> in red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I sat there and I watched it and and and, and I, I had a heart no, I don't doubt some of the statistics they were sharing. I don't doubt it. And the one that kind of jumped out to me was they said that only about 10% of Canadians would be impacted by this that are in probably variable rate products. And I know I don't doubt that as their number, but I can almost guarantee 100% of everybody listening and watching this probably has some variable rate product in their portfolio, especially if they're a real estate investor, because it is the right tool to use for investment purposes. So even though the Bank of Canada was saying, well, I know only, only 10% of people it'll impact, 100% of investors are being impacted yeah. by this. So a large percentage, agree. Yeah, but here's the thing: some people I know that have free and clear houses and and stuff like that, and everybody's just kind of they're going, "Oh, what, what do you mean the interest rate changed?" Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So, yes. so what we're what we're going to do here is we're going to provide some practical solutions for everybody. So, okay, variable rate changed, fixed has not changed, but there's still such a huge premium right now. Still cannot advise going for it. Are you seeing any changes to the discounts off of Prime for variable rates right now? Or are they still an anemic like 0.25% type things? They're anemic right now. Okay. Uh, 0.25. There, there, there are some discounts at 0.5 on rental properties. Uh, primary residences uh, are a little better. But yes, uh, the word anemic is accurate. Yep. Um. And the gap is still large between a five years variable and a five years fixed. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to be, we're going to talk about the strategy. So I'll keep my yeah. comment until okay. we get into the strategy. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling, and this is something I've made a prediction. I, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes 
bottom lines of banks dictate some things as well. I have a feeling if mortgage business starts slowing down to a point that it's going to start impacting profit numbers and payouts and dividends to shareholders, um, you're going to start seeing a few banks getting a little more aggressive. Now, they can't change prime, but they can change discounts off prime. They can, absolutely, to drive business, 100%. Or you might start seeing. Um, and and I've, I've talked to, to folks in the industry and th- there is a little bit of a slowdown. And um, to your point, that is a tool that the banks would use to drive business. Uh, how much uh, discount are they offering to, you know, attract new business through brokers or through the branch branch channel? Yeah. And I, I remember I bought a, a I bought a good portion. I bought like 40 or 50 properties when Prime was at six. And at that time, the lowest discount off of Prime you would get is like three quarters of a percent. Many times it was like one or higher a lot of the time. So I'm going to start, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of those things starting to come in. And I'm also on record of saying a prediction is I, I think we're going to start seeing extended amortizations again coming out. Um, I could be wrong. There is talk about it. Yes, yeah. there is talk about yeah. it. But, but I have a feeling there will be some of these innovative products that will be coming out again right now like right now it's just honestly the the bomb has just dropped and now everybody's just kind of picking up and going well what's the collateral damage and what does all this mean is it and on the market is slowing down a little bit holy moly the canadian real estate market is a big big driver of the canadian economy and they're now going to find out maybe how much of a driver it is i have a feeling they swung too far with the pendulum one way. Let's put it this way. For for too many years, it was too easy. Now it's too yeah. difficult. And I have a feeling it's going to probably settle somewhere between difficult of center. Yeah, it always comes back to center, right? That's always like Or tries to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or tries to. Right, with respect to your comment, Russell, about the extended amortization, some alternative lenders are offering 40-year ends. Okay. So that exists. And yes, there is an opportunity to offer it on a broader scale. It's not firm yet, but some lenders right now on the, in the alternative B space offer a 40-year M. Good. So so there are, you know, let's put it this way, at the end of the day, as an innovative mortgage solution provider like you and your team at Streetwise, it's in your business that you have to come up with, you have to come up with solutions for people. That's, or else you don't get, you know, groceries don't get put on the table, if you will. Well, this is, we've been coming up with solutions to adapt and thrive in this market. And that's what I truly believe in. How do we think about things that we can control to help us manage change? On the rate front, on the values front, on the qualification front. Yep. So, and we're going to unpack each one of those. But if I was to just sit here, and I know you've kind of have touched on a lot of these. Um, If you were to give your best synopsis on what your prediction is going to happen with rates over, let's, let's take the balance of 2022 and then 2023. Let's just take those two things. What's, what's your best crystal ball forecast and and i'm not going to hold it against i'm not in a year's time in a year's time i'm not in a year's time i'm not going to play this clip again and say you said dahlia (laughs) okay so it's 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 really it's it's not really my prediction it's and it's not a surprise okay everyone knows inflation is high the bank of canada hates it they're going aggressive at it and they're um um they're right now, the overnight uh, rate is at, um, 
either two or two and a half percent, uh, forgive me, but they are close to the upper band of their overnight rate. And still inflation is high. It's, 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 it's not, it's not a, an immediate uh, thing that we're going to see change, right? Like it takes time for inflation to come down once that the, the rate tool is implemented. So we're expecting, it's, it's expected that the Bank of Canada will continue to raise rates. Um, there is about a one and a half percent baked into the system right now that is going to kick in between end of between now to end of 2022 to early 2023. Um, how fast or slow they go at it is a function of how the numbers are playing out as as they review the economic reports and inflation reports and and the and and the data. So. One and a half percent is very likely between now and early 2023. Now, history says once the banks have control over inflation, and that's going to take some time, maybe 18 months, we're going to sit at these rates for 18 months, then they start to re-stimulate the economy slowly. And re-stimulating the economy means that they will remove their foot off the pedal and we're going to start to see some discounts come back again. So for those who are thinking about locking into a five years fixed now, there is a risk that when the rates start to go back down again, fast forward 18 months, maybe 24 months, you're going to lock in for another three years right here. So that's why it doesn't make sense in my view to get into a five year five years fix now and lock in at a high premium but not only that lock in for an extended period where there it, at some point the rates were likely to go down once things stabilize yeah yeah and and i very rarely have ever locked in but if i ever have the times that i have has been when the premium has been next like 0.25 or less the diff, the differential um, between fixed and variable. And the other thing is I've quite often have done, I recommend this to people, is take shorter term fix, meaning twos yes. and fours. Sometimes those odd years or I guess even years, banks sometimes have surplus cashes in those different terms and they give unique terms. But even if yeah. – think about this for a two-year term, usually within the last six months you can start renegotiating it. So technically it's only eight, 18-month term really that you're locked in for that. Yes. So a one or a two years fixed is an option. It is cheaper than locking into a five years fixed. That's one of the tools we talk about. If someone is really, really panicking and they cannot sleep at night, one or two years fixed, it's still going to help you hedge and gives you flexibility when you fast forward. So that's one of the tools. Okay. So, so if I was to summarize your forecasting, your prediction is that the rates are going to continue up a little bit more because inflation is running hot. And then probably later next year, they're going to probably start cresting, coming back down, getting into a little bit more of um, not rock bottom rates again, but a little bit more, I guess, palatable would be a, a good term to use. 2024 is is likely when things will start to 
improve. Yeah. Well, and I know we could talk all day long about the whole thing around inflation and stuff like that. And and I, I'm going to make this next thing is this next comment I'm going to make is sarcasm because you have to sometimes <laughs> tell people you're using sarcasm. One of the biggest component of inflation, as we all know, is energy and fuel costs and gas at the pump and the cost to get the groceries there. If we only knew a country, Dahlia, that had the third largest energy reserves in the world, if we only knew a country, and even if we knew a government that could has a pipeline, they even owned a pipeline, they could actually just turn some, some oil and gas on or something and get more supply in the market. I wonder if that would have an impact on inflation. Well, commodities and gas and real estate are part of the GDP, GDP but um, I, I also know that there are some supply chain issues, but of course, gas is a big component. So let's uh, let's go and talk to someone to open up these pipelines, uh, you know, and, and get some flow going. <laughs> well, and that's that's somebody from Ontario saying that. And I will mark that down there, too. So. <laughs> all right. OK, so I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing your prediction now. OK, with all that being said. Everybody is sitting here listening. Okay, got it, Russ. Understand that, Dahlia. I understand all this. It is what it is. Now, what do we do about it? Okay, I'm sitting here. My portfolio, my property I owned six months ago that was generating $350, $400 a month in cash flow. Now, all of a sudden, is that $50 cash flow? Um, What are some proactive strategies we can do from a financing standpoint to help um, stabilize and maybe increase our cash flow? There are several things, and I'm going to touch on each of those quickly, but there is more to each strategy. So the first one is simple. Can we extend the amortization? Is there room to extend the amortization? Of course, we're going to look at the rate increase, we're going to plan for the rate increase and run the numbers to see if we were to extend the amortization, can we now uh, reduce the payment or at least keep it afloat, right? That's one way. The other way is to say, you know what? The payments have increased here. My cash flow has gone down, but maybe I have an expense somewhere else on my balance sheet one or more expenses on my balance sheet where I'm making a big payment. At the end of the day, everything is coming out of our pocket, whether it's this pocket or this pocket, the financial picture is is here. So this has gone up. Is there anything here on the balance sheet that I can clear out for you? It may be there is a $1,600, car payment that has you know, a twenty, thirty thousand dollars loan left on it. If I swap a secured line of credit and pay the, that off, your payment is going to be negligible. Okay, on that uh, on that car. Yes, we've used secured money to clear it, but at the end of the day, what's our objective here? Our objective is to manage your cash flow. Right, that is the tip, the, the objective right now. So, can we clear any expensive debt here with cheaper money? to open up room to move you ahead or at least neutralize what's happening on the portfolio end. That's another idea. Okay. So, the so I, I'm sorry, I don't want to, I don't, I, I want to unpack one thing you said, because I think it is an absolutely golden idea is the whole extended amortization. Now this might be a term, it might be new for some people. 
Can you unpack that a little bit? Like, what what does that mean? Like, so I'm sitting in a mortgage. If is it only at renewal time? Is it only during? Can I do it during the middle portion? Let's say I have 19 years left on my mortgage. Can I go in and apply for a 35? Like, what what exactly does extended amortization mean? Great question. So, if it's renewal time, some banks will allow you to restretch amortization to. Um, Restretch amortization to its original amortization at renewal time with no qualification, with no issues. Um, you cannot do it midterm unless you refinance and restructure the mortgage and get a new mortgage at a longer amortization. Um, you'll have to wait until renewal with some lenders. Yeah. So, so essentially, you know, just the term I use that made sense to me is just revert back to original amortizations. A lot of banks will let you do that. So for yeah. example, if you took something that had a 30-year amortization when you started over the last, say, three, four, five years, because of interest rates were low, you paid off a whack of principal. And maybe there's only 19 years left on the amortization of that mortgage based upon the current payment schedule. You take that back to 30 years, and I think I ran a calculation, and it was something like almost $600 difference in the payment. Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. In some cases, it makes a huge difference. Right. Okay. Excellent. So, so guys, one of the top things to do is contact a mortgage professional, talk about your mortgage products, get a portfolio review. That's the one thing we definitely will encourage everybody to do. Now, Dahlia, do you know anybody who offers these portfolio review things? I'll have to get back to you on that. Okay, good. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yes, that's what uh, what we pride ourselves um, for here at Street. We look holistically at the portfolio and we're able to develop strategies at a portfolio level, not just today's transaction or the one property at hand. So yeah. um, we'd, we'd love to help. No, perfect. And I know you do. And I know how giving and caring and... Uh, oh, one, one thing... Um, if you do see Andrew, tell him uh, some of those graphs that he posted out on some perspective about the graphs that he showed about the interest rates and stuff like that was very, very refreshing to show for the perspective on over the course of like, I think it was like 60 years where interest rate typically yes. were and here's where we are at. Like, guys, this, this guy isn't falling. So, <laughs> yes, yes, we um, and Andrew's great at that. We support a lot of things through uh, data. We actually developed a page on our website called Adapt and Thrive to just post data, interviews with investors about how they're doing things differently. So it's a great resource for those who are looking for uh, ideas about how to navigate this new environment. Okay, no, perfect. Now, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there when you were just getting into a role. I'll get you back and I'll, I'll reframe again. So, so guys, what we're doing right now is we're just talking about for real estate investors, how can we optimize cash flow? Now, I just did some training for, for my community, my inner circle, my coaching clients, and identified the framework. I call it the ICE, the ICE framework. I got ice in your veins. I stands for income, C stands for cost, E stands for extend. So up income, down cost, extend amortization. Or affectionately in our community, we now call it the up, down, sideways plan. Love it. <laughs> so we were talking about ex we're extending amortizations and you were talking about a few other things on the cost side if you have something on the balance sheet. Maybe share another strategy with people here, what they can do from a standpoint of financing to help optimize some cash flow. 
There are two more things that I'd love to share. One is if you are in an adjustable rate mortgage, meaning if the payment is going up as the prime rate changes and you know that you want to fix it without locking into a fixed rate, there is a product out there called a capped variable rate. As I mentioned earlier, it is it, the, the payment stays the same. The allocation of principal and interest changes beneath the surface. So that may be an option, um, which still gives you flexibility as an investor because it's a variable rate, but it does uh, give you that, that certainty that your payment is not going to change. That's that's a, a product that I wanted to mention. The other thing, Russell, is there is an opportunity to take a mortgage, especially like if you have a mortgage, you're paying principal and interest payment. There are products out there that are like advanceable mortgages, for example, allow you to slice and dice a mortgage. So you can refinance, you have to refinance to do this. Refinance, convert a portion that is principal and interest into a line of credit. So that becomes an interest only payment. And yes, it's an interest only payment and you're only paying principal and interest here, but this is going to ease up the cash outflow because it's an interest-only payment. And then later on, when you're ready to convert it back to a mortgage, it's a matter of calling the bank or the branch and say, hey, guys, I want this converted back to a mortgage. And it's part of the product feature. So it, it is an option for, to, it's restructuring the mortgage, essentially, to allow for an interest-only component versus a principal and interest component to ease up the cash uh, outlay. Ooh-wee, hang on, hang on. It's getting hot in here. We're not just talking plus 30 degrees. And, and of course, another bomb getting dropped. And this is one of those good bombs, everybody. A good bomb, not a surprise bomb. So so that's that's brilliant. And, and, and I, guys, I know Dahlia is too modest to say this, but I'm going to say this. Don't attempt that on your own. Don't attempt to even go to your bank. Don't attempt to try to go to your bank mobile mortgage person to attempt to try to even explain what Dahlia just described. Go see an expert, go see Dahlia, go see someone on her team, or go to your investment mortgage professional and talk to them about those options and maybe tr try your best to describe what Dahlia just described, or just phone up Dahlia because she knows what she's doing. <laughs> We're happy to support everyone during these times, and these are tactics that work, but you can't take all of these tools and implement them. Everybody's situation is different. And that's where sitting down and talking about your goals and your finances and your risk appetite is where the discussion needs to go to determine what's suitable. Yep. Okay. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off there again, as you talked about that strategy about converting some um, adjustable rate payments into a fixed payment or a, a fixed variable payment. Um, yes, what's capped, the what's yeah. the other the capped? Oh, let me get that correct. It's an adjust. It's capped, adjustable, adjustable, capped. The adjustable rate is where the payment fluctuates. Okay. A variable or a capped variable is where the payment stays the same, and the allocation beneath the surface is right. you know changes. Capped variable. It's amazing how everybody for all these years synonymously would just say all variable rates are the same, right? Yeah, there is there is that difference. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So that was the first one. What was the second one you were going to share? 
So these are all of the tools, Russell, uh, related to dealing with, with the rate environment, really. How do you restructure things to, clear, to, to, to open up room to absorb the coming increases? How do you consider some products that will help, that will give you um, certainty? Um, how do you restructure certain things to maybe pay interest only temporarily and convert it later to paying down the debt? These are some of the tools to navigate and to, to manage the cash flow. Nice. Nice. So, so you're like me sometimes, Dali, and I have to get a bigger screen here. Sometimes when I talk and describe things, yeah, I, I, I use my hands a lot. <laughs> I, my, my, I make the joke sometimes. My wife says, I go, yeah, she, we make the joke as if, could I talk with my hands tied behind my back? I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could. <laughs> I can't either. Or especially if you're having dinner and you know you're having a wonderful conversation with people and you start getting excited and all of a sudden I've been known for salt shakers and and <laughs> and and things and I start putting things around the table and I start describing things by laying out the pieces on the table. <laughs> yes, yes, I can relate to that. Nice. Okay, so extended amortizations, converting um converting debt products, um paying out some high higher um payment lease payments or um, unsecured lines of credit to secure them, maybe? What what other kind of things, if we were just kind of putting a big, giant smorgasbord of opportunities here or ideas for people? The other ideas and opportunities are really around mortgage qualification, not okay, rates. Good. Yep. So I, I'd love to touch on that. Um, so as mentioned, the qualification bar has gone up because the rates have gone up. And under the new stress test, this is what happens. They use the higher of the two numbers, Bank of Canada or the rate plus 2%. So qualification is getting tighter. And what does that mean? It means that you may qualify for less, or it means that you may have to inject a higher down payment that you weren't planning for, or it could mean a complete decline, or it could mean that the file now no longer qualifies with an A lender and you have to move to a B lender. And if you were with a B lender, it may move to a private lender. We don't want any of these things to happen. So what are the tools? Um, there are two levers is what I, what I call them, debt management tools and income. Tools. I'd love to talk about the income tools first. Yeah, please, please. Income tools is about adding income tools are about adding income to your application because at the end of the day, folks, financing is a numbers game. So debt and income. So how can we add more income to your application? Um, simple tricks. Let's say you have a property that is rented and or vacant. Um, and it's rented, let's say it's rented below market rents. You have a tenant that's been there for a while. It's rented below market rents. Rents have increased now. And if I am to go out and get an appraiser's opinion of what it would rent for, most likely I am going to get an opinion that the rents are here versus what you're renting it for. So there are lenders on the street that will take that opinion on the application versus the lease agreement. And there are lenders on the street that will take that opinion even on a vacant property, okay? So I am going to utilize this to the maximum to help the numbers on the file because if I can get added income to your application through that opinion of market rents, why not? That helps us improve the numbers and deal with the tighter qualification. So that's one strategy. The other strategy is about, um, it really works for self-employed clients. If, if you're a self-employed client and uh, 
you, you would have more leeway to pay yourself from the business. So we can sit down and have a discussion and say, okay, what are your trying, what are you trying to do in the next 12 months? And is there an opportunity to pay yourself more from the business in the form of dividends or the in a, in a T4 or a combination of the two? Because that, again, will help the numbers. If you don't have that as an option and your salary, is there someone who can come on board on the application as a guarantor or even a 1% owner of title, bringing income to the deal to help you jump over that? you know, hill, things like that. So these are the income strategies. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to That's write it. down, I'm trying to take all I these talk, notes. I can talk forever. I can keep talking forever. <laughs> Dolly, I'm trying to keep all these no notes. To stop me. <laughs> no, 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 please, please. Um, so that was the income side. What was the second side? The second lever? Yeah, the second lever are the debt management strategies. Um, and in that bucket, we're talking about the big payments on your application. The lenders don't care about the size of the loans. They care about the monthly obligation on these loans. Simple example, investors go and get a Home Depot card to renovate. And um, there is a six months, let's say, grace period for not paying, for, for, for paying. Um, the lender doesn't care that you're not paying anything for six months. The lender is going to take that balance and calculate a payment of 3% and assume that's what you're paying. So that's one example. Another example is a car loan uh, or an RSP loan. It's a It's got five or $10,000 left on it, but the monthly payment is big. So we have to look at things where we can clear out some of these payments and use cheaper money to clear them out. And by cheaper money, I mean um, secured line of credit money or maybe mortgage money to clear them out. Because at the end of the day, it's just swapping the debt. And in the eyes of the lenders, it helps improve the numbers. Uh, we, of course, have to say, where does it make sense to swap? What is the impact on your monthly budget? And um customize the recommendation really, but that's really a key point with when it comes to debt management strategy, because sometimes as investors, when you say, but I'm not paying anything on this card, why, why is it, why can't I get approved? It's because the lender will assume you're making a payment yep. regardless. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as, you know, I know we're sharing these things and they're fantastic. They're fantastic, but honest to goodness, they're, they're simple, common good financial stewardship that we should all be looking into. Now, I'm, I don't, I'm not advocating that you take and pay off really low interest debt. Like that's a good tool if you have a really good low interest on uh, on something. But if it's a big giant payment, if you have a, a lease payment on a BMW, that's at 13, 1400 bucks a month and it's a small payout to buy it out, you know, it, it might make sense to do that if it would help your next application. Yes, there is, there is, it's a teeter-totter. Sometimes it's, are we trying to save or are we trying to manage the payment and open up borrowing power? And we have to be conscious of these two things. Yeah, now are, are you, I have a feeling you also might start finding, you know, if the banks are getting tighter, tighter, I think you've already alluded to this, that there might be some other alternative lenders stepping out. And someone told me right now, the differential between 
B lenders and traditional A lenders, the gap is really small there between theirs now. And maybe instead of going to the orange, red, blue, green bank, you go to a, a B lender. Purple. Yeah. And the purple bank, and you go to the purple bank, right? And it's a little <laughs> bit, it, it's not that big of a difference. Yes. The gap has shrunk. Um, the rates are still higher, but. Yeah. It is a great alternative. You're right. It is a great alternative because the rules are a little bit more lenient and uh, especially for self-employed clients. Um, where do you want to save? Do you want to save on your taxes or do you want to save on the rate? At the end of the day, it has to make sense at the yep. big financial picture. But B lenders, fantastic for larger portfolios, for self-employed clients and for deals that no longer fit the bank guidelines um and have to move here now yeah absolutely okay now before we jump into valuations um is there anything else you left that you wanted to share on the qualification side of things no we've covered pretty okay. much everything okay excellent so then yeah. with how was that for a segue that in, in the business dahlia that's called a segue right so yes. Yes. So um, what are you finding out for valuations? I imagine appraisers are being extremely conservative at the moment and their valuations aren't coming in. What are you seeing on the street and how can investors mitigate uh, valuation risk right now? So we're seeing softer valuations in some markets. I wouldn't say it's in all markets, but in some markets we're seeing softer valuations and uh, appraisers um, have you know, disclaimers in the reports to just protect the lender and make them aware that there is, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a shifting market essentially in their view. So what does this mean for investors? Well, a couple of things. One, I am still seeing properties with a lot of equity, despite the fact that the valuations are softer beauty about real estate is that value does not evaporate. We're not talking about stocks here where all of a sudden value is gone. Yeah, there is a softer valuation over the long run. Real estate tends to correct, but there are properties with equity in them. And what I'd like to remind investors of is if there is equity in a property, my philosophy is to set up secured line of credits and have them in your back pocket. So if you have an existing line of credit, increase it. If you have, um, if you if you don't have one, uh, see what you qualify for to get one. Why? Because a line of credit gives you liquidity. A line of credit uh, allows you to jump on opportunities. When COVID hit Russell and people were concerned about their jobs or cons or wanted to, to, to pick up on opportunities, line there was a rush to set up line of credits. So while values are holding, um, it is a tool that I suggest you consider and have it in your back pocket. It doesn't cost you anything every month, but allows you to, it's a launching pad to whatever you want to do, but it's also a hedging tool for cash flow or for, um, you know, emergencies. Yeah, it's the in case uh, of emergency break class fund. Yes, exactly. Um, so I wanted to mention that. Now, uh, if you're buying properties these days and deals are starting to make more sense now, uh, given, you know, that you're able to negotiate, given that the prices are uh, lower, I would still put in an appraisal condition or a financing condition because you do not want to be in a situation where you have 
paid and the value is not coming through for whatever reason, because you're going to have to top that up from your own pocket. Six months ago, everybody's going firm offers and above asking. And while they are applying for the mortgage week by week, the value is going like this is going up. I have in my neighborhood, someone bought a house here across the street. They did zero to it. No renovations, nothing. A month later, they're selling it for a higher premium and it's sold. Okay. So we were in a market that was going up, 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 up while you're going through the mortgage application. Now we are in a flatter market in some areas or a market that is softening in some markets. So protect yourself by putting in your appraisal condition. And then lastly, Russell, the um, folks who are trying to exit deals right now, folks who have started a renovation or took private money and they were looking to Burn the property, buy, renovate, refinance, rent, repeat, right? They were expecting to inject money into the deal and that the market is going to go up. They may have taken private money. And now some folks, and I'm seeing more of these deals, some folks are having a little bit of a challenge exiting these deals because the values have softened. Private money lenders are becoming a little bit tighter with respect to loan-to-values or even their costs have gone up, so they may increase the rate at renewal. And then qualification has gotten tighter. My point is, um, let's rethink exit. Let's figure out exit. Let's figure out what is the backup plan? What do we do now? How do we actually maneuver? I don't want anybody to get discouraged. It is normal to experience challenges in whatever, you know, in any, like in life, challenges. And now we're seeing some of these challenges. It's best to just sit down, figure out an alternative plan. Yeah. And and I, I share this with a lot of people is, you know, guys, the market that we had for the last two, three, even four five years, that's not normal. That is not a normal market. Markets, you should not be able to do what you just talked about with your, your, your neighbor of put something in, do nothing to it, added no value to it other than just closing on it and sitting on it and sell it for a significant profit. That is not normal. Okay. Now, so we're now getting back to normal where you shouldn't be able to pull out $100,000 after your burr. You shouldn't be able to do that. You might be able to have to leave 10, 15 in. But here's, yeah. here's, here's what I tell people. Just get back to those solid fundamentals. If you're burring a property or you're flipping a property, one of the fundamentals you must do from the very beginning is analyze the property if you cannot sell it can you rent it and can you hang on to the property if all heck broke loose, okay? It, so many people got away from that fundamental of that plan B backup because they just got dollars in their eyes. They got, I use the term they got, um, they went to Vegas and they got equity drunk. And sometimes when the, when you when you hit the 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 snake eyes or whatever, I'm using a bad analogy because I don't know my gambling terminology. But if you if you lost on a hand, it, it you went all in and you lost everything. Like that's not that's not proper business, gang. The proper business is you analyze the property. Here's the numbers. If I'm going to flip it or I'm going to burr it, and if I can't get this, how much money am I prepared to leave in? Or can I rent it and wait for market conditions to change to get that price for me down the road? Exactly. Um, and that's exactly how one should look at a bird deal. But there are investors 
that have taken private money with the intention and high leverage private money with the intention to flip and the properties are sitting on the market longer in some cases or um, they, they, they cannot refinance. So yep. this is this it's not like the, the investors who have done the diligence obviously are not in that situation, but we're seeing some of yeah. these. What, what advice would you give to somebody if they came to you with that scenario? Now, here's gang. I, I wasn't I didn't want to get on my soapbox and nan, 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 you know, but I, I get it. I, I made that exact mistake. I really did. Uh, multiple times, multiple, multiple times. Now, it is what it is. Somebody went out, they were going to do a flip. Yeah, the market has softened. The house is sitting there. They've had two reductions. They got the high juice private money on there. And the terms coming up on that. Like, how would you help that person out if they came to you? And I imagine people have come to you with this scenario. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things we look at is what else do they have in their portfolio? And can we um, ex- extract money from somewhere else to you know, clear as much debt as we can so we can make it affordable uh, to carry the property uh, with that restructured debt. Uh, Sometimes we have to do that and replace the existing private lender with maybe someone else at a smaller private loan. In the very, very, very worst case scenario, um, there are deals that require an equity play, require somebody to come to the deal as a JV partner to step in as an equity partner. And it cannot be all debt oriented solutions. Yep. So we have had situations where we we did tell the client after looking at the entire picture, hey, go out and find a JV partner who would come to the deal with this much money because this is going to allow you to do this. And then we're going to turn around, refinance it with the JV partner and clear this with this debt. Like we have to uh, orchestrate an equity and a debt solution in some cases. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That's exactly very similar advice I offered to somebody who is in the exact same scenario. I said, step number one is you need to find somebody to qualify for a traditional lower interest debt from the private lender. That's step one. Step two is you need to find a way that you can maybe Airbnb, short-term rent, corporate rentals, executive rentals. You need to get as much rent as you can as possible without potentially locking into a long-term lease. And yes, then, great so, point. Yes. So let's say you do corporate rental or executive rental or an Airbnb. You tr- you get you try to maximize the rent you can, and you have flexibility that maybe next spring is a good opportunity to put it back in the market again, or maybe it's next fall or it's the spring after. But can you f- keep the boat going? And you know, can the boat keep going down the ocean while the water's coming in on, over the sides? Yes, I love the formula you mentioned earlier because you're tackling income and you're tackling the amortization and you're tackling the cost. So when when I in my commentary today, I've tackled uh, amortization and I've tackled cost because it's it's debt. But I love your recent comment about renting it because you're tackling that top line. How can you work everything together to? Resolve situations like this. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm. I don't take any credit for. I'm from Saskatchewan. We keep things simple. It's the up, down, sideways plan. <laughs> up, down, sideways. Up, down, sideways. Up income, down costs, sideways with the, uh, the extended of the I motivation. Love it. I love it. I'm not gonna forget this. You can so you, good. by by all means, please feel free to use it. So. 
good. Okay, so we've talked we've talked rates, we've talked um, maximizing cash flow, we've talked about um, qualification, we talked valuations. Um, is there anything else that you like to? Has anything surprised you that has come out of some of these recent rate hikes? Has anything surprised you? Um, something maybe you haven't seen before, or just something hmm, that's interesting going through this process. No, um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by anything. Um, that's a good answer, by the I, way. I, I, that's I, I, a good I, I, a good I, captain shouldn't be surprised by by some waves and some changing changing weather. You know, the pendulum goes this way and comes this way, and like we've we've seen this in the mortgage industry, and yeah. we just adjust. Yeah, you know, one of the things that has surprised me, and I mean, I don't think I've shared this. It actually has surprised me is everybody in your gut probably knew that the the low interest rate party had to end. Everybody knew that mm-hmm. in their gut, mm-hmm. and now everybody's surprised that it did end. Like, oh my goodness, it ended. Oh, the world is, you know, in some cases, the world is falling. Gang, we we knew it was coming. And, you know, or you should have known it was coming. And you should have prepared yourself, right, for the time. So I'm not here to, you know, uh, be admonish anybody. It's just, but I think what has surprised the majority is that it's gone up faster than most people have have thought and we could have argued and debate the point is the bank of canada in my personal opinion should have started doing this over a year ago with smaller jumps as opposed to a big giant shock yeah i would agree with that russell you're right i i would agree with that and the july one was a big surprise uh, you know relating to this point in particular so nice nice okay now before we do sign off here or oh, did you have anything else you'd like to add no, I think you asked me a question earlier and I said, we talked about this, we talked about that, we talked about this. What else should we talk about? I think we should talk about wine. Oh, that's, well, that's yes, what it's what's, it's <laughs> summer, summer. What's the summer wine that we're, we're, you're thinking about? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I am not a big wine drinker. I drink all red wines, so I don't even know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a white and red. I'm an equal opportunity lush from time to time. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Okay, Dahlia. So, so appreciate your time once again. I thank you very much for stepping up and providing the financing tips on a on a weekly basis on my podcast. You're doing a, you're doing an amazing job and giving back and pouring back into a community that's provided so much for you. Um, if somebody's out there and they're just kind of listening to this and you know and they're they're feeling you know I, I usually use the term stuck, but maybe they're feeling that they're they don't want to look at these things. It's like almost like the the ostrich, right? The head's buried in the sand and la, 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 everything is wonderful. What would you offer to somebody if they're just feeling that they don't even want to look at the scenario or they're, they're um, deflecting or distracting themselves with, you know, summer and boating and golfing and they're distracting themselves? What, what advice would you offer to somebody if they're just kind of just sitting there not um, leaning into this? There are, it's not an easy topic to tackle sometimes, to tackle the things you hate doing or tackle the things that uh, are bothering you. But the power comes from facing the issues and 
um, dealing with them. And the problems are not going to go away. The challenges are not going to go away. And you minimize the size of any issue by making time to deal with it uh, versus avoiding it through distractions. So I do recognize what's happening right now in some cases is, is, is a topic like everybody's like, Oh, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to deal with it. I, 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 you know, I'm just going to spend my summer and enjoy myself, but really guys, this is important to, it's important. Enjoy yourself. I'm not saying don't, and I'm, I'm not suggesting you panic either. Um, but this is the time to plan, refine and adjust. And that's key to continuing to be on track with your goals and to navigate the new water successfully. Oh, wow. Hang on. Woo-wee. It's getting hot in here. Woo-wee. And of course, what? What? I'm, 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 uh, hang on. Let's get, let's get some nuclear explosion going on, too. Three times fire, explosions going on. Uh, I, I 100% echo. And I'm going to add one thing to that, which is just just a dovetail off to what you just said, is it's okay to ask for help. If if you um, don't be embarrassed about asking and reaching out to people, professionals, it's actually you're you're doing them a disservice by not asking somebody, a professional for help. Because how would you feel if you knew somebody you knew somebody that was struggling and they didn't come to you and ask for help. You'd be a little bit, geez, why didn't you ask me? I could have helped you. Right. Yes. So, so don't be embarrassed. Yes. Reach out, ask for help, embrace your professionals, embrace your coaches, embrace your mentors, embrace the, the mortgage professionals and your, uh, that you've heard on the podcast. And it is not a sign of weakness that you need some help. Absolutely. Yep. As we are here to help, we are here to support, we're here to share, and uh, we're all in the same boat. Yep. And that's what we do. Together, yep. we move forward. Well, with that being said... You're trying, to, you're trying to roll the boat on your own, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's baby, you know, yep. it's it's you're going to be standing still, or the boat is going to flip. I don't know. Yep. But if it's a group together, and we all know what we're doing, and we're communicating, and we're sharing, and we're planning... And we're rowing in the same direction. We're all going to make it to our destination safely yep. and land on a beautiful island yep. and start drinking. Gang, we're, we're, as real estate investors, this community is small and we need to stick together. It's not competition, it's collaboration. Now, Absolutely. where would be the best place for somebody to get a hold of you, Dahlia, if, you, if somebody wanted to reach out and have a conversation? Info at streetwisemortgages.com is the email where you can get hold of myself and my team or our website, streetwisemortgages.com through the contact, contact us page, which is front page. Perfect. It's nice and simple. Info at streetwisemortgages.ca.com. Dot com. Dot com. Nice. You got yeah. the dot com. Well done. <laughs> Okay, gang, why don't we leave it there? More to follow. Uh, we're just uh, leaning into more content like this to help you navigate the waters ahead. I might actually just maybe get a good a captain's hat or something to help with the glare that's coming off of all these studio <laughs> lights and stuff like that too. So, so Dahlia, 
as always. You would, look it, great a, you would look great in a captain's hat. Okay, well, way. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's always an honor and a privilege to catch up with you. And and I'm hoping one of these days we can actually do it in real person and we can actually do one of those things that called hugs, right? Yes, yes, Russell. <laughs> I would love to. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here today and, uh, and to share. I'd like to remind everybody that uh, is listening to the media not to panic and not to have an anxiety. Be calm, talk to your advisors, plan. And this is a time that whatever is going to pass, you, you we just have to plan and tweak and adapt. And if you need resources, go to our Adapt and Thrive page to stay tuned for what we're posting in the coming weeks in Ab- terms of tips and strategies. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you again, Dahlia. Okay, everybody, have a wonderful day. So what did you think? I sure hope you took, uh, sure hope you, first and foremost, I wanted to thank Dahlia. Secondly, I sure hope you had yourself a pen and paper and you're going to be re-listening to this one multiple times because we dove into an awful lot of tangible action steps for each and every one of you to take, to, to dive into. You know, which, so here's the question for you. Which one of these strategies that we shared on from this financing are you going to do? Which, uh, which one are you going to implement? Are you going to implement any of the action stuff, plans and strategies that we talked about? Are you going to put any of those into work? Because honestly, just listening to a podcast like this is fantastic. It's better not listening to it, but you have to do something with it. So take the information that you've heard, put it into practice make it a reality in within your business. Okay, so that's the first and foremost. Now, the next is um, I'm going to pivot. You know, I have a couple more um, uh, podcasts queued up, but I'm going to start pivoting some of the messaging here a little bit. A lot of people are, are sitting there, I believe, you know, and, and rightfully so. Um, sometimes during shifts and pivots and turns and stuff like that, some people get a little bit, you know, a little fearful. And that's that's totally that's totally normal. That's the human experience, right? Protection, something when something gets fearful. But at the same time, some people um, see these uh, uh, these changes and pivots as as one of the greatest opportunities. Honest to goodness, is some people have been waiting for markets to start slowing down to have a little breather so that they can jump dive in dive in head first. Now, no, I'll just give you a couple. This was just last week's conversations that I've been having with some people. A conversation with a with a real estate investor and client who uh, does a lot of rent to own investing, and we were just kind of uh, we were talking about he does rent to own in many different markets across the country, um, but he's now interested in taking it national wide. As if their people are going to be struggling to maybe as home buyers to buy houses and buy homes. Let's become a solution provider for um, putting more solutions and fri- providing more solutions for home buyers. So a rent home model is a fantastic for that. And uh, we're going to potentially collaborate on that project of getting that out on a national basis. So that was one conversation. Another one was we were talking about uh, another client of mine. We were talking about a software for do-it-yourself landlords, for those of you that are um you know, do your own self-management. And uh, one of my clients is a software developer and he's, honestly, over the last year, he's developed an amazing software platform. Now we're just putting it through its paces right now and we're getting into some alpha testing and, and things like that. But it's honestly, I've seen software 
for for do-it-yourself landlords, for the self-managing landlords. I've seen lots of it out there and nothing that I've seen that's already out there compares to what um, this has done already. So we're talking about providing solutions for self-management landlords and taking that on on a big way as well. Also, a couple things too is, you know, working with some clients that are dealing with some some renovations and they're finalizing their cost, their case studies. And then once their case studies are done and their full, you know, buy, reno, sell is done, we're, we're talking about putting together um, a campaign and how do they share that message with other people? How do they then maybe get onto a podcast or shoot a YouTube video? Or how do they put all that materials together to be able to share that with other people with a goal of inspiring others is the first goal. But another one is maybe somebody will want to be involved in one of their other projects. Or another conversation I had with somebody who's um, taking uh, an idea from for doing maybe setting up a general contracting business. And from literally a few you know, months ago, it was just an idea to now it's a very viable business. And probably within the next year, it could be almost a full-time income, a full-time business that will be a catalyst for him to potentially transition away from his job is now he's going to be having a general contracting business at the same time and multiple different things from there. So here's the message I'm, I'm sharing with you is, oh, and one other just <laughs> just popped into my head as well, is uh, one of my clients is uh, dusting off all of his, um, all of their We Buy Houses um, marketing materials and website materials and flyers and marketing copy and all those things. You know, for the last couple of years, um, having sellers contact you directly with maybe distressed properties or properties that they need to unload and sell was very difficult. Um, and it, the, the, it was very difficult to find some of those deals. And now with some pivots in the marketplace, there's some incredible opportunities. So they're dusting off all their marketing materials they had, and they turned off all their website and all their ads and all their Facebook marketing that they were doing before. And now they're just bringing it back to life. And we're just kind of cranking that out right now and uh, just getting the, the, the funnels and the lead gen and the qualification and the entire processing and then also putting a campaign together to bring in the investment capital so it's a very, very complex um, strategy. But here's the thing. The, the message I'm trying to share is, do you see shifting markets as a problem or do you see it as a great opportunity that you can jump on? Now, I know what I see it as, but the question more that what I see it as and a lot of my clients see it as is what do you see it as? And more importantly than that is what do you see it as and what are you doing about it? Okay, more content will be coming out over the next little while on the podcast to just, you know, get things done, right? Let's just, uh, you know, we ain't getting any younger, right? (laughs) Or whatever analogy we want to use. Every day goes by, right? You still have your goals and dreams. You have your aspirations. You have your foundations that you want to build. You have the people that you want to help. And market conditions that shift, do not put those dreams on hold. This is actually the time when you actually need to be more productive. This is the time when you need to get busier more than ever. This is the time that you need to really lean into the uh, work and your future self will thank you for it. All right, gang. So like I said, more information, more details, more episodes like that are coming. And uh, you know what? We end every episode the same way. You know, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. And remember, every time you have an opportunity to interact with a person, 
always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye from now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.